Yo, what is going on, Clutch Crew sports fans? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, I will actually be hosting the episode this time, but we do have Zach here. We've also got Nate with us. Uh, we're excited to bring you another episode. We're going to be talking about uh, top NFL offenses so far this season. Last week, we talked about the defensive side of the ball. So this week, we're going to talk offense. Uh, we'll also recap how our lock board went. Uh, it did not go very good for most of us, but we'll cover that when we get there. And then we also have to give another update on our fantasy league uh, that we do as a podcast together. And then finally, at the end, we're going to break down who we as Clutch Crew Sports believe are the top 10 most interesting teams in the NBA. So that being said, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, guys? It's Zach here. Um, glad to be on this episode. Wasn't sure about my status uh, coming into this episode, but, you know, handing the, the hosting duties over to Eric for this one. I'll be, uh, you know, participating just as a regular member on the episode. And I'm really looking forward to talk about the uh, the NBA interesting teams um, and definitely excited to talk about these offenses because, Offense is going crazy this year in the NFL. These teams just don't seem to be playing defense much, and you see wild scores. So happy to talk about that, and let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. And what's up, guys? It's Nate here again. Um, I had a better week uh, for my real football teams than uh, with my lockboard picks. But, um, yeah, like Zach said, I'm excited to talk about the offense here. We did defense last week, and – um, it was kind of hard to find teams that were playing great defense, honestly, because like Zach was saying, it's um, been some crazy numbers this year for offense. So I'm excited to get into all that and it uh, should be a fun time. Yeah, so you'll notice in our intros that Zach and I didn't really say anything about the Jags. They lost again, you know, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, they're not going to be featured in this segment here. So, uh, <laughs> Wow, and, that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, and they, they shockingly enough, they weren't last week either, you know, so. Uh, maybe no, maybe the, what's that? the only I, I'm thinking, like, maybe if we did, like, a special teams minus the kicking game, like, the Jags would be in that because, you know, oh, yeah. Agnew and then our punter, Logan Cook, you know, we have a good special teams. We got to fix the kicker issue, but um, yeah, and also but they're, like, they're good on special teams. And also, don't even get me started on how awesome our mascot is. Like, we got that locked up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, enough uh, – Enough distraction and sidetracking there. So uh, uh, Nate, Zach, and myself have all picked an offense that uh, we feel is doing really good this year that we would like to talk about. So I will go first, and I'm going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, this one, I wouldn't necessarily call it a full surprise, but I am still somewhat surprised at how good they're doing um, offensively last year. Kyler Murray had some great games, but it just seemed like their offense was inconsistent at times. But this year, they are really putting it together. Um, I know this week against the 49ers, they only had 17 points. That was, you know, pretty low by their standards. But in their first four games, they put up 30-plus in every game. And, I mean, and even in a season like this where the defenses aren't playing as well, that's still really impressive. Uh, Kyler Murray's been doing a great job spreading the ball around. He hasn't just been solely relying on DeAndre Hopkins. They've got plenty of other guys that have been getting it done. Um, I'm just really impressed overall with this offense. And as a result of that, they're currently the only uh, unbeaten team remaining in the league. Usually by this point in the season, there's like at least maybe two or three teams left that are still unbeaten. But uh they're the only one, and while their defense more so got it done today, it's definitely been the offense overall that's been carrying this team. So uh, I'm very impressed with the Cardinals. Uh, Zach or Nate, do either of you guys have any thoughts on the Cardinals? Yeah, so I, you know, preseason pick Kyler Murray to be the MVP. That's, you know, looking like a smart pick so far. Um, he's just been dynamic, too, with his legs. Um, you know, He's a he's a real threat. The problem is, is you have all these deep threat receivers that you have to worry about 
and it really stretches the defense on the field. And then Kyler Murray is one of the fastest, you know, other than Lamar Jackson, he's probably the best rushing quarterback right now. So that's honestly, they're reminding me um, kind of of that, you know, Baltimore team from a couple of years ago with how good their offense was. Like they kind of came out of nowhere with Lamar, you know, that team was more ground and pound with the running backs um, than Arizona's running backs are, but still they're just a surprise to me at just how good they are. And, also a surprise to be the last unbeaten team. I I had high expectations for the Cardinals. I, you know, I was tempted to pick them to go far in the playoffs, make the NFC championship game. It's looking like they might be one of those teams this year. So um, lots of good things about the Cardinals offense. Nate, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray just like really just looked like me playing with Michael Vick in, you know, the old Madden games. This way he like, not even necessarily getting rushing yards, which he does great at, but just like extending plays in the backfield and, you know, being able to launch stuff downfield on the run. And I think that's just been really impressive to me. And even um, Rondale Moore, I was watching some of the game earlier, and he's starting to look like, you know, another weapon there. He's starting to blossom into his own. And having him, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green, who's kind of looked like um, his old self at times, it could be a nasty um, – thing in Arizona that keeps getting better as the year goes on. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Great points, everybody. And then, so now I will let Zach talk about his choice of offense. Yeah, so definitely after this week, week four in the NFL, I had to go with the LA Chargers, scoring 47 points against the Browns, which on the last episode is actually the team that I talked about as having a really impressive defense. So um, to me, the Browns still have a really good defense and the fact that the chargers just put up 47 points on them and they didn't, I mean, if they would gotten the ball back, I guarantee you they would have scored again. That's just how they were playing in this game. It was just, especially the second half, just score, score, score. Um, And, the team has the weapons too. Like they have the QB, they have, I think a good balance of uh, run and pass too with the team. Like they might not have as high of a scoring total as some other teams, you know, in other weeks and stuff, but as an offense, they can really just control the game either way. It's hard to shut down um, uh, Austin Eckler, such a dynamic running back, you know, He's a good running back and obviously receiver out of the backfield as well. You have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They're both playing phenomenal. Keenan Allen gets underrated a lot, I think, being with the Chargers his whole career, not having like playoff success. Nobody really puts him in the top wide receiver uh, category with some other guys, but he's just Mr. Consistent with them. As long as he's there, you know, he's going to be a consistent wide receiver one. Mike Williams has stepped up a lot. They have, um, you know, they lost Hunter Henry at tight end, but Jared Cook's been pretty well for him too. So the Chargers on offense, I mean, I I think too, they're, they're only going to be getting better because Herbert's young. I think he's still learning things. Like they're scary right now, but um, give us 10 more weeks or so and this offense gets more and more rolling together. I think this offense can be real scary and, you know, it's evidenced by their record as well this year. They have a great record. Um, the Chargers, man, I I, I definitely um, didn't think they would have this big of a jump from last year, but they've really surprised me. Eric, do you want to add anything of note to the Chargers offense? Yeah, I mean, the Chargers offense is obviously legit. And while I picked the Cardinals as my you know, team for this, like the Chargers were definitely one of the teams I was considering picking. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up being the number one overall offense by the end of the season. I mean, even with as good as a lot of these teams are playing and even as a lot of the, as good as a lot of these teams are playing that we're not even talking about in this episode, I still think that the Chargers could be the number one overall offense. I mean, the running game is great. It's so hard to stop a running back like Eckler that can you know, beat you through the ground and beat you through the air at the same time. I mean, running backs like that are just so valuable. The offensive line is playing better. 
than they have in the past, and that's giving Herbert more time, which is just making him even more lethal. Like, yeah, the Chargers are legit, man. So um, I guess we will uh, we will move on over to the final one, and that will be uh, Nate's choice of offense. So, Nate, take it away, man. Yeah, so I'm talking about the uh, New Orleans Saints here. Uh, they haven't been quite as dominant as either of the last two teams we talked about, the Cardinals or the Chargers, but I wanted to throw them in as more of like a surprising uh, top offense, in my opinion. Um, obviously, they've had a lot of talent there in New Orleans for the past few years, um, but having James Winston take over a starter from Drew Brees this season, there's a lot of question marks about you know how consistent would they be uh, obviously, the talent's always been there for Jameis Winston, but <clears throat> during his time with the Bucks, uh, he was very up and down, and his decision-making was not um, great at all. So there's a lot of, like, you know, people were unsure about how they looked this year, and I think through <clears throat> the first five weeks, they've actually they've impressed me. Um, I think their lowest output has been about 20 points, I think 21 points versus the Giants um, last week. And today, Jameis put up four touchdowns. Um, they put up 33 on Washington, which was a pretty solid uh, defense coming into the game. Um, and I think that they've looked better than I expected them to look. I thought we would be getting a little bit more of, like, trademark Jameis where he'd, you know, be putting up, like, a couple touchdowns, but also, like, two picks, maybe a pick six, like, here and there. And for the most part, he's, you know, looked pretty controlled and helped to manage their, the flow of their offense and, um, they haven't, like I said, haven't been as dynamic as the two offenses we just talked about, but they're rolling along pretty well, and they don't even have Michael Thomas uh, back from his injury yet. So if he comes back in the next couple of weeks and um, fits back into his old role, it could be a pretty uh, dangerous um, offense there in New Orleans. So that will be more of an interesting one to watch, uh, see how they can compete with the Buccaneers and the NFC South there. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, man. And mainly just because, you know, with Drew Brees leaving, I and mean, obviously he wasn't the same player the last couple of years, but, you know, when he was, you know, at his peak for the Saints, I mean, they were one of the best offenses. And so I think everybody wondered, you know, how were the Saints going to do, you know, once Drew Brees finally retired. And while they're not as good at, say, as Drew Brees during his prime, they're still doing really well. And then, like you said, too, like Michael Thomas has been, you know, out with injury. He hasn't even played yet this season. You know, when they get him back, they should do really well. And Mark Marquez Callaway is starting to play better. He kind of struggled to start the season, but he's been putting it together. Uh, obviously, you got Alvin Kamara. I mean, duh, you know. <laughs> like. Uh, you, you Why would Tennessee you, on that offense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You always, you always know Alvin Kamara is going to step up, so uh i i the saints are definitely an intriguing team to watch going forward and seeing if their offense keeps it up so uh good takes there guys and we're now going to move into the games that we're going to highlight for the upcoming week that we are excited to watch and so uh i guess i will talk about the first game and that's going to be the uh chargers uh versus the ravens and obviously the Chargers just had a really exciting matchup with the Browns. And we covered that last week, how excited we were for that one. And that one definitely did not disappoint. Uh, I definitely think we made the right call picking that as one of our games to highlight. Um, Chargers did get the win in that shootout. And definitely got a potential for another shootout here against the Ravens. I mean, uh, the Ravens have, obviously, with Lamar Jackson, you know, he's always going to be a threat you know, with his legs and, you know, when he gets the passing game going, the Ravens are very hard to stop. And obviously with what we all highlighted about the Chargers just now, we know how good their offense is. So this is a game that I expect to be pretty high scoring. It might be a little more clock control than the Brown Chargers game. I don't think it'll be as, as high a scoring as that one, but I still think we're going to see a lot of points on the board, but for me, even though the Ravens are hosting this game, just the Chargers are just so hot right now, and the Ravens do have some injuries that they've been dealing with. So I just I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to keep up with them. Um, I always like to do like a score prediction, but I'm going to say uh, I'll say the Chargers win this game, 31 to 20. But uh, Zach, I'll hand it over to you. Do you agree with me that the Chargers will win, or do you think the Ravens will take it? What's your thoughts? Yeah, this, I mean. 
for all three of these matchups that we're going to talk about this week, they're all, I think, really fascinating and going to be really close games. At least they should be. Um, I, I've been flip-flopping on this. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens um, in a narrow victory. I think, you know, home home field advantage, I think that'll play a factor, you know, West Coast to East Coast thing. Um, and I think... I think the Ravens defense will be able to get to Herbert a little bit more than some teams have been. Really. I, I think the Ravens defense is going to have, you know, they're, they're an opportunistic defense. They get takeaways and stuff like that. The offense, I, I still think the offense can be good for Baltimore. So I'm going to say, I'll do the score thing with like, uh, like Eric did. I'll say Ravens win 34, 31. Nate, what about you? Yeah, I think that um, the Ravens have, you know, pretty solid defense um, and all-around good roster. We'll see how they look tonight. But I think after that showing by the Chargers, I can't, you know, pick against them. Um, same thing as I picked them um, last week in this game today, and I, I for the same reason I can't go against them. I think their offense is rolling uh, too well right now. Um, as far as score prediction – I think the Chargers have got to put up at least 30 points. I think um, I would go something like 31 to um, 24 Chargers. All right, so we got a two-to-one vote in favor of the Chargers on that one. Uh, Zach, let us know what's going on in the next game. Yeah, the next game, uh, if you are a fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, you'll have a tough time deciding between which Heisman QB that went to your school, you're going to be rooting for because it's going to be Cardinals and Browns, you know, Kyler versus Baker. Um, I believe this is uh, this matchup is because of the 18 week schedule, the, the 18th game or 17th game. I mean, um, that this was a added matchup because of this, of that uh, new rule. So, you know, that this is adding a, another great game to the NFL schedule. And, these are both teams that we've, you know, been talking a lot about. The Eric just talked about how good the Cardinals offense has been. Um, I talked last week about how good I think the Browns defense is. I've been, you know, high on the Browns all year. They they're still a good team, even though they lost to the Chargers in that shootout. Um they're the Browns are gonna be at home in this game. And I, you know, I I'm just gonna have to keep picking the Browns. Uh I know they let me down against the Chargers, but I think the defense has a bounce back showing. Uh, San Francisco was able to do some things to Arizona to slow them down a bit. You know, we saw, you know, Arizona, they've been winning games, but they haven't necessarily been blowing everybody out. Like the Jaguars had a double digit lead on them um, or a nine point lead on them. And uh, today the a rookie QB came, you know, within a possession of them. So the Browns are a complete team that, you know, the Cardinals are undefeated, but I think, you know, that's a target on your back. You want to, if you're a team, you want to beat that undefeated team really badly. Um, Still, I I do think this will be pretty high scoring though. I'm going to say Browns win 35 to 27. Eric, what about you? Yeah. Out of the three games we're talking about, this is, probably the hardest one for me to pick but the Cardinals are undefeated right now and I feel like I just can't go against them right now uh while the Browns I do think the Browns are probably a more complete team overall but you know they struggled in these like shootout type of games they you know they struggled against the Chiefs in the beginning and then the Chargers like you know they've struggled against the more like really dynamic offenses so, but, but keeping with the theme of offenses, I do think this is going to be another uh, high-scoring game. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go Arizona 31-28 here. So uh, we've got another one-to-one vote. Uh, Nate, break the tie for us. Who do you got here? Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with. I'm probably going to go with the Cardinals here. Um, just everything we talked about uh, earlier. Uh, about Kyler Murray and that offense, I think I'm gonna give them the edge versus the Browns. Um, they, the Browns had a great showing today um, offensively, but I think that 
um, versus the Cardinals. I, I don't know. It's like I just have a hard time picking against a guy like Murray who's really rolling right now. And the Browns have, do have a very solid defense, but I think they were exposed in a pretty big way against um, the Chargers. And I do think that the um, Cardinals do have the tools to um, attack them in a similar way. So I'm going to go with uh, Arizona, but I do think, um, like, like you guys said, it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think it's – I'm going to go Arizona um, – 35 and Cleveland 28. All right, man. So Nate agreeing with me again there. Uh, Zach, you've been outvoted so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, so but oh, you yeah. know, when we get to the lock, when we get to the lock, board, I might have some more <laughs> credibility this after this uh, week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're we're getting close to that point. We're not quite there yet. We do have one more game to talk about. It's actually going to be the Monday Night Football game. So. Uh, Nate, break this down, break this game down for us and give us your thoughts on it. Yeah, so I think this is a pretty uh, interesting matchup. Uh, Bills versus Titans. Um, the Bills are getting their first, I think, real test tonight versus the Chiefs. We'll see how um, that game plays out. Um, probably have uh, some better insight after the game as to how you know this matchup is going to look. Uh, the Bills are really, they played the Steelers week one. But besides that, they played uh, Dolphins, Washington, and Texans, who none of those are really <clears throat> adequate competition for the Bills. So it'll be interesting to see how they look tonight. But I think this is going to be um, a pretty interesting matchup in that <clears throat> it's kind of like strength versus strength. <clears throat> Sorry, based on like the profiles of these two teams. They're both kind of like more defensively oriented, traditionally um, kind of ground and pound type teams. Obviously, the Titans have Derrick Henry, who um, has looked like his old self uh, through five games this year. Um, he's still rolling over defenses, and it's really hard to stop him for a full uh, 60 minutes. So the Bills have their work cut out for him there. Um, as far as slowing down Henry, if they, they keep him contained long enough for Josh Allen to um, put up some points, I think they could uh, come away with the win there. But I think that's, I think that's really the big key. I think anytime you play the Titans is if you can keep uh, Henry from having a ridiculous, you know, 150 yard, two touchdown game, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Um, I think the Bills do have a defense, you know, out of any team in the league, they're probably one of the top uh, few teams that could do that. So I think it'll be an interesting one. Uh, it's hard for me to make a, a great prediction here without. Um, I really want to see how the Bills look tonight, but I think if I have to pick, I'm gonna actually go. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I just think that, like I said, their defense um, has the tools to slow down Henry enough to make uh, the Titans really one-dimensional. And we saw that game versus the Jets. Um, they didn't look at all in sync offensively, and I think if the Jets can do it, the Bills definitely <laughs> should be able to. So. I'm gonna go Bills. Um, I'm gonna go Bills twenty, Titans uh, seventeen. Low scoring, close kind of defensive. Uh, you know, running the ball downhill type of game. But I'm interested to see what you guys have here. Yeah, uh, this should be a fun Monday night game. Uh, Bills and Titans. I know the Titans. They won this matchup last year, but. In my opinion, there's just too many injuries right now for the Titans. I mean, their injury report is, like, too long to type on Twitter. Like, you can't type all the injuries that they have right now. And, uh, you know, that's a problem. They can get away with it against a team like the Jags. But playing the Bills, uh, we don't know how the Bills are going to fare against the Chiefs. You know, that game's going on while we are recording. But I'm, I'm pretty confident enough to say the Bills will win this. Uh, I think it would be closer if the Titans were at full strength, but uh, with the with the injuries that the Titans have, um, I'm going to go Bills. I'll say Bills 34, Titans 24. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys uh, pretty much 100% here. I, I think the Titans injuries are just going to be too much to deal with. I mean, it was obviously evident in the game against the Jets that they lost uh, how big of a deal all their injuries were. And they managed to, you know, survive against the Jacks today. But one thing about the Titans, though, that 
I think that is bad for them right now is they've already been kind of known as a bad defense in terms of the secondary, but the Jaguars offense today, while they struggled a lot in the game, their run offense did really well against them. I mean, James Robinson was carving them up. So I just don't, I just think, and this Bill's offense is way better than the Jags offense. I just, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to stop them enough. And generally the way you beat the Titans is if you can get a lead on them early and force them to abandon the run game. And then you take, that's how you take Derrick Henry out of the picture. Uh, I think the bills will be able to do that. I'm going to go Buffalo 31 to 14. So, uh, so we're all unanimous on the bills there. I have a feeling if Connor was here, he would agree with us on that one. Um, not sure how he would have gone on the other two games, but um, yeah, so that's our, those are our, uh, key games to highlight this week and we're going to transition into the segment i'm least looking forward to talking about this time which is going to be the lock board uh i've been having a pretty good season so far but uh this was not my week uh connor uh nate and myself actually all got zeros uh all of our upset picks went south and but Zach got two out of his three games right, which we'll talk about here shortly. So Zach pulled off a six point week, uh, finishing first for the week. And Zach, I know you really needed that, man, because you'd been uh, kind of struggling up to this point. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I definitely needed that. And, you know, it helps to to see you guys all stay at the same total. So it's like not only did I get points, but also, you know, I climbed back major in a major way because you guys all got zero points this week. So, I mean, the difference now between first and last is nine points. So that just tells you how competitive this season's lock board has been. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. I'm just for, you know, at least obviously, you know, obviously for me, since I'm still in first right now, I would obviously love to like somehow run away with this, but at the same time, it's always more fun when it's more interesting. So uh, now that Zach got those six points and the rest of us got zero, uh, the overall standings are I'm still in first with 25. Connor is still in second with 20. Nate is still in third with 18. And then Zach, while he's still in last, is now just two points behind Nate with 16. So, uh, you know, pretty pretty close standings here a few weeks into the season. So um, I'm definitely ready for next week. The one good thing for me is at least that I will have the first pick next week. So um so just to recap what happened while i will say too like you know if you're wondering man how did you all get zeros like y'all suck at picking games or something like you might be thinking that if you're listening but a lot of our misses were extremely close games and of course you also the other thing you have to the other factor you have to consider is if you want to get more points you have to go with upset picks you can't go with safe picks to get points so we're generally picking upsets in these which is also why the record was bad i just want to throw that little disclaimer in there you know <laughs> but, yeah of course <laughs> but so connor had the first pick and you know as you can see here you know like i talked about with the close games uh you know he had arkansas over old miss and that ended up being a shootout game and old miss won by one point uh i believe it was arkansas like tried a two-point conversion at the end of the game to win it right and they failed was that correct yeah that was correct so i okay, mean within the last yeah, within like the last two minutes, both teams like scored touchdowns. Um, Arkansas with one second left scored a touchdown and then they went for two to go for the win. Uh, didn't get it, but the score was like in the 50. So that yeah, just tells exactly. you about yeah, the game. I, I knew the score was 52 to 51. I mean, just crazy. So uh, and then uh, he had Virginia Tech over Notre Dame for a two point play, but Notre Dame ended up coming back in that game. Uh, it looked like Virginia Tech was going to win that. Um, I didn't get to watch that one, but I was following the score. Uh, so that was another unfortunate one for him. And then finally, Syracuse over Wake Forest. I know that game went into overtime, uh, and Wake Forest actually had to come back in that one too, I believe, So to win that. So like, even though Connor pulled off a zero, he could have just as easily gotten all eight possible points. I mean, so... I will say, like, normally when a lot of us get zeros, Zach likes to pull up the goofy dragon meme thing like I got last year at one point. But even though Connor got a zero, definitely not deserving of the goofy dragon meme because, like I said, he could have just as easily got eight points. So uh, but with that being said, we're going to move on to Zach, who was the only one to get any points. So, Zach, break down uh, how your week went here. 
Yeah, so I I actually was liking a lot of the three-point plays this week. Three points, uh, for those of you who've forgotten or, or don't know what the scoring system works, three points is when a spread... Uh, let me just double-check just to make sure here. Um, when the spread of a... Yeah, three and a half to six and a half point spread. So though that's that's the qualifier for a three point uh, pick, and so that was what a lot of my early picks were. Um, the blind picks that we do, they were a lot of three pointers, and I ended up getting Chicago versus the Raiders correct. That was my first round pick. Uh, the Bears won twenty to nine. A really good, you know, ball control for Chicago in that game, and. The Raiders really, you know, hurt themselves with penalties and and turnovers and just dumb decisions and stuff. So I thought the Bears, um, I was, you know, optimistic on their chances. Uh, I feel like Justin Fields is an upgrade over Andy Dalton. And the defense, I think, has been playing really good for the Bears. So that's why I wanted to pick them. And then in the second round, I also got this pick right. Boise State over BYU as a three-point game. I I feel like BYU is due for a loss. Um, Boise State was due for a win. And, you know, that was – it's a similar – it was a similar type of game as the Chicago Raiders game. Like, Boise State got, you know, lots of fumbles. They they caused BYU to cough it up a bunch. They they had a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. And they were running the ball really efficiently in the first half. So Boise State was basically able to control the game, the entire, the entirety of the game with a lead. And they, they ended up pulling it out. It was an upset, but in my eyes, you know, I, I thought be at uh, <laughs> Boise State uh, could, could easily have won that game, which they did. The one I got Cincinnati over Green Bay as a two point game. So I did, you know, I picked the Bengals to beat the Packers last week on the podcast. Um, it was only a two-point game, and you know they were they're two good teams. So I had this a little bit lower down on my preferred picks list because I figured it'd be close, and it's only two points. I ended up getting it as my round three pick, and and you know if the guy had made the field goal, I would have gotten this. It was an overtime game, so similar to Connor in this one, like you know I you know just a bad break. On it, but I, I can't complain with the six points this week compared to everybody else. Uh, very happy with how the week turned out personally. Nate, do you want to go over your picks? Yeah, so I'm kind of here with uh, Eric and Connor in the no, <clears throat> uh, the no points week. Um, and honestly, it's I feel pretty similar to um, I, I feel for Connor here. A lot of my games were close as well. Um, I went with uh, Denver over Pittsburgh as a two-point play, which um, Pittsburgh did a lot better than I thought they would. Um, Big Ben actually aired it out uh, for the first time this season, so that one I kind of was just wrong on. Um, they beat Denver by, I think, I think it was like eight points, so it was, it was at least a touchdown. So it was a pretty handy win for the Steelers. <clears throat> but um, my Detroit over Minnesota pick, uh, that would have been a five-pointer. And Detroit was up. Um, I believe by one or two points with less than a minute. I know they went, they got a touchdown um, and then went for two to um, take the lead and they gave the ball back to Minnesota and they went down the field and scored um, to win the game there at the last seconds. So that was kind of uh, a bummer there. Um, Dalvin Cook didn't play, which hurt me in fantasy, but um, it helped uh, make it a close game for Detroit. Um, but they ended up blowing it at, at the last minute. So, uh, it cost me a five-pointer there. And then my other two-point that I took was Texas over um, Oklahoma in that big rivalry game on Saturday. And um, that was another one that Texas was uh, blowing out Oklahoma, really, um, in the first couple quarters. Um, I picked – I went with Texas because um, I knew those games always get crazy. Oklahoma was favored, but um, it's really hard to pick that rivalry and – I just didn't see Spencer Rattler um, getting it done for Oklahoma, and I was right. He came out and he stunk um, the first couple quarters, but I didn't expect him to pull him and put the backup in and then have the backup um, play as well as he did. And Oklahoma came back and won on the last play of the game, which kind of hurt. It was only a two-point 
um, win, so it didn't hurt as much as the Detroit loss, but um, uh, my toss-up bet there didn't uh, quite pan out. So hoping for a better week next week. It's kind of been uh, rough really for everybody the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't think I only got one right last week and then zero this week, so hoping to get back on the right track um, next week there. Yeah, and uh, now it's my turn, but I don't want to talk about mine, so we'll just move on to the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so for me, I had uh, Penn State over Iowa was my first pick. I will say going into the week, there were not very many upsets that I liked, but I didn't want to also, I also just didn't want to pick, you know, a bunch of one pointers. Cause even though I'm in the lead, it's not like I have a big lead where I could just afford to take safe picks. So like I wanted to pick upsets, but uh, they didn't pan out for me, but I was pretty confident in Penn state over Iowa. I thought for sure that Penn state would beat them. And even though that was only a two point play, cause it was like a one and a half point spread. I still wanted to pick that one high on my list because I really thought for sure Penn state would win. And they were up 20 to 10 in the third quarter, but then Kind of like Nate talked about with Texas and Oklahoma, they, you know, they choked and uh, Iowa ended up getting that win. So I didn't get that. Uh, my next pick actually ended up being the Jags over the Titans. I know you might people would look at that and be like, why would you pick them to beat the Titans? But like Zach and I had been talking earlier in the week and we were discussing how, you know, with the whole Urban Meyer distraction scandal thing, you know, the they could either like come unite as a team and come together and then, you know, feel like the Jags are so due for a win you know I really thought maybe they could get it and I also thought maybe the Titans would overlook the Jags even though they had lost to the Jets last week I did think the Titans were vulnerable and especially with all their injuries they have so it was just a lot of different factors that led to me making that pick but uh, while there was some horrible officiating in the game I don't think the Jags would have won anyway so that was another L I took and then finally uh, there was one five-point play that I thought could happen, and that was Stanford over Arizona State. Um, I thought with you know Stanford upsetting Oregon the week before, I just thought they had all the momentum on their side, and I thought you know man if they can beat Oregon, they can beat Arizona State. But um, Arizona State's quarterback, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was like a mobile quarterback. I was watching the game, and he was just carving them up, whether it was with his legs or through the air, and. Sanford couldn't stop him. So I pretty much knew by halftime I wasn't getting Matt Dubb. So uh, 0 for 3 for me. I think this is the first week I've gotten 0. So I'm at least happy I've gotten this long without a 0. But uh, looking forward to having the first pick next week. And hopefully I can, you know, like Nate said too, hopefully, you know, we can turn this back around and start so that we can start seeing some more green on this lock board than red. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we will be talk about the 10 most interesting nba teams here pretty soon but first uh zach is going to give an update on our uh clutch crew sports podcast league that we all run together so zach how do we do this week man yeah so pretty good week for the clutch crew sport podcast we were facing the oblivion bar podcast that was the the other podcast that we were going up against this week and you know i i believe you know it's a confirmed dub already for us uh we just had just the right players at the right time i mean zeke zeke did really well even though we had saquon who got hurt um we still had justin herbert oh wait we didn't have saquon that's that's their team Oh shoot! I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah, oh, my like, bad. My bad. I was like, "Whoa, wait, wait!" <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was like looking at the right for some reason there. Okay, so they had Zeke, or they had Zeke, and they had Herbert. So that doesn't look good. But um, you know, we did have Kamara who got us almost 30 points. Eckler got added 30 points. Um, Jamar Chase added 33. Um, basically, everybody performed, and. On their side, Darren Waller was their big disappointment. It's just eight points. DJ Moore only had eight points. Saquon Barkley they had who got hurt, so that was he only got like one point. So um, there was some lucky breaks for us, uh, but you know we still have Lamar Jackson to go on Monday Night Football and Dawson Knox as well. So um, really, really good performance for us this week, and it moves us now to two and three. 
So a two game win streak for the podcast guys. So we are at two and three right now. I'm not sure what we will be like in the standings, but climbing our way back up. Love to see it. Like, yeah, man. And if you're, you know, if this is your first time tuning into this and you say, Oh, two and three, that's not that good. Well, exactly. You know, like I said, we were Oh, and three and had some close losses that really, you know, one thing goes a different way and that we could have easily won those games. So uh, I'll take the two and three record, you know, given how the season started. And uh, we're going to end the show uh, with around the hoop. And as mentioned in the intro, uh, Zach, Connor, and myself have combined our rankings for the most interesting teams in the NBA. We've averaged them out. And so this will be a group consensus uh, top 10 list. And so, you know, just this doesn't necessarily mean this isn't who we think are going to be the 10 best teams in the NBA, just like we did with the NFL. Uh, you know, this is who we think are the 10 most interesting teams to watch. So with that being said, we're going to kick things off here. And so clutch crew sports has determined that the number 10 most interesting team in the league this year will be the New York Knicks. And so shout out to Nick Rue if you're listening to this. I know you're a big Knicks fan. Uh, we do have them as our number 10 most interesting team. Uh, I know I put them on my list when we did the rankings. For me, with the Knicks, it's mainly, you know, they were a surprise team last year. Uh, I think most people had very low expectations for them. Uh, even if they were going to make the playoffs, I think most people had them you know, getting in as like a eight seed, like barely getting in type of deal. But, um, you know, they finished in the middle of the Eastern Conference. And I know the East isn't a great conference, but still like considering what people were expecting of them, that was a pretty good finish. And so for me, what makes them interesting is going to be able to see uh, if they can keep that up. You know, was that was their performance last year? And Julie, like a big reason because of that was Julius Randle. And so for me, it's, you know, was all of that a fluke or are they going to, you know, have continued success and take the next step or could they just completely fall off the map again? A, the Knicks are a really unpredictable team to see like how they're going to finish up. So uh, that's why I'm interested in them. So now we are going to transition to the number nine most interesting team, and that will be the portland trailblazers so you know i had a big reason why the trailblazers made this list i i think there's a lot of interesting things about them there's still the potential for neil olshay to make a big trade with cj mccollum you know that's you know still a possibility so that's something that could be interesting if they make a trade um but while a majority of the core of this team is being brought back from last year, so that might might not make things interesting. Um, I still think anytime you know Dame is playing, he could have sixty points and shoot three logo threes in a game. Like if you're gonna watch an NBA game, that's something interesting to watch. Um, you know, so you have that impact also too with the off season. You know that they had like. There was the, you know, frustrations from Dame and stuff like he's still with the team. But I think it's really important for the Blazers as a team to have a good season, you know, make Dame feel, you know, secure again, that he's making the right decision. Same with Portland. They have a new head coach in Chauncey Billups. So Chauncey Billups, great NBA player. It's the first time he's, you know, he's a new rookie head coach. So that's a big change. Um, but there's a lot on the line here. Neil Olshay, the GM, he's definitely on the hot seat if if they don't make a good run this season. Um, and then also, too, some young up-and-comers to watch. I've been hearing lots of good things in training camp um, and summer league stuff with Nasir Little and Anthony Simon. So two young players, first-round draft picks from a couple years ago. Uh, Nasir Little and Anthony Simons. I think both of them are going to have a bigger impact on the team this year. And from what I've been hearing with the Blazers, uh, Blazers news that those two guys, you know, potential six man of the year type candidates if things go right. So 
Uh, I'm obviously going to be rooting hard for the Blazers this year to make the playoffs and go far in it. Um, and I, I do think they're going to be real interesting to watch. And now the Clutch Crew Sports number eight most interesting team. And that is going to be Connor's team, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, kind of like what Zach talked about with the Trailblazers. Like, I think Connor was a big reason why the Hornets made the list. Although I think Zach and I put him in there too, just a little bit lower than Connor. Um, so for me with the Hornets, you know, they got the number 10 spot and, you know, made it to the play in tournament. And of course they got ousted in the first game, but, you know, it could have been different, you know, if Gordon Hayward had been healthy and I know LaMelo ball played, but he had, you know, come off an injury. Like he might not have been a hundred percent going into that. So, you know, I want to see what this Charlotte Hornets team can do, you know, when everybody's healthy, because I mean, at one point, the Charlotte Hornets looked like they were locked into the playoffs. And, but of course, obviously, you know, then Gordon Hayward got hurt and LaMelo Ball missed a bunch of games. And then, you know, things kind of fell apart from there. But I want to see what this Hornets team does at full strength. Um, I think they are capable. Uh, this team has played better than I expected. That's for sure. Uh, you know, LaMelo Ball is like, he looks like he's going to be a good core piece to this team. And that's something that makes the Charlotte Hornets interesting. Uh, Terry Rozier had a you know career year last year. He had always just kind of been like, I guess you'd call him like a middle of the road type of player, like not bad, but not great, you know, just kind of in the middle. But uh, he did outstanding last year for them. And, um, so I'm just really curious to see what the Hornets are going to do this year. They're, they are definitely an interesting team for me. So uh, with that being said, we will move on to team number seven. And that is going to be. The Miami Heat. Sorry, that was, sorry for the delay. <laughs> I was muted. I, I oh. <laughs> muted and I said it and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm muted. I had a nice um, little drum roll for that one. <laughs> I know, some drama. Okay, but yeah, staying you know, in the in the southeast here with the Miami Heat, I I do think that this is going to be really interesting, a really interesting team to watch, just because, again, like I don't think they made a ton of moves really in the off season. So what's going to happen? Like, is this going to be more like the you know bubble playoffs type of Miami Heat or the type of Heat that got swept by the Bucks? Really, could go either way. Like. I know they brought in Kyle Lowry and everyone's like, ooh, Kyle Lowry. You guys know how I feel about him. But uh, still, it's a young team. I mean, Tyler Hero, you have, you know, Duncan Robinson, guys who had a lot of expectations last year who didn't quite perform as well. Um, And you still have like all stars with Bam and Jimmy Butler. So this Heat team should be good. There's definitely expectations for them. Um, and also, too, there's still always the possibility with, you know, the Miami Heat, like, are they going to make a trade? Are they going to, you know, trade for another superstar? Are they going to try and lure someone in? Like, the Heat still have that type of feel, in my opinion. They're they're a player away sort of type of team. Um, and also, too, their player development system is one of the best in the league. So I guarantee you there's guys on their roster that you haven't heard of that aren't in the limelight that are going to end up being key contributors and really good players. So uh, the Heat, I think, are going to be an exciting team to watch again this year. Um, and things could really go either way. It could Things could go south. Things could go well for them. It's really going to be tough to tell with the Heat. And now let me introduce you to the Clutch Crew Sports number six most interesting team. And that is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Um, obviously, with the stars that they have on this team, you know, it would have been shocking if they didn't make the list. I mean, you know, obviously you got Steph Curry and, um, you know, they've got Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green coming back. And obviously, the like those guys aren't the biggest difference makers, but 
you know, they contribute in their own ways, you know, just don't let Draymond Green shoot a three pointer, you know, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, the, but the biggest thing for me uh, with the Warriors team, you know, is Clay Thompson coming back? I mean, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be ready, like when the season first starts. I don't have you heard anything about this, Zach? Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure I can maybe I'm not sure but you know he's expected to come back eventually I know that yeah so. yeah I know I know he's not missing like a whole nother yeah. season like he's definitely coming back so uh that that's the most interesting thing about the Warriors team for me you know with Clay Thompson when he comes back you know is he going to be you know in his pre-injury form is he going to be able to get back to that or is there going to be a significant you know, downgrade in his play. I'm really curious to see what he's going to do. I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of Clay Thompson. I, I, I like the way he plays the game. Uh, I respect his ability to be a good shooter, but also be a good defender at the same time. You know, you got too many players nowadays that can score, but can't play defense. Like I've always been a big defensive guy. So, um, I, I really like guys like him and, um, you know, this Warriors team is still a really good team. They've obviously been, you know, hampered by injuries over the you know last few years, but ever since, uh, you know, KD got hurt in the finals and Clay got hurt in that finals against the Raptors. Like ever since then, it seems like the Warriors have been really cursed with injuries since then. But, you know, if they can get this squad that they have fully healthy, I mean, this is a team that could be dangerous in my opinion. So, uh definitely intrigued with the Warriors. Definitely curious what they're gonna do. Um, uh, I don't really see how you could not have them in this list. So um, but anyway, with that being said, we will move on to the number five most interesting team on our list, and that will be the Phoenix Suns. So I, I didn't have myself muted there. Um made sure to good job, good job. <laughs> to to turn that off. Yeah, so um, the Suns come in at number five on our list, and they would have, you know, I think if we had done a list last year, they would have been in this top ten as well. They're still an interesting team, and it's for different reasons, though. It's, you know, this they've made it to the finals now. You know, they have to still go through the gauntlet of the Western Conference. Like, there's, you know, it's it's always a bloodbath in the West. I mean, you're playing... No matter who you're playing, anybody can beat you in the West, basically. Um, so that they have that going against them. They have Chris Paul a year older. How is he going to play after getting that big contract extension? Like, there's still questions about the Suns. Like, we're not sure about if they're going to have a, a a run to the finals again like they did last year. But that's their sort of expectations. Um, so what's going to happen with them are they going to like they could potentially even miss the playoffs, for example, like I could that's not out of the question with how good the West is. So uh, how are the Suns going to do? How is Chris Paul going to do a year older? You know, you have um, obviously Aiton and Booker. Booker's one of those other, you know, Booker's kind of like Dane, like he could just explode in a game for 60 points like the Suns are going to be fun to watch. Um, and they're going to be entertaining to see how they live up to the expectations from a season ago. And now let me introduce you to the Clutch Crew Sports number four most interesting team. And that will be the Atlanta Hawks. Um, for me with the Hawks, the Hawks were probably the biggest surprise team of the year last year. I, even though the Suns were somewhat surprising, the Hawks were definitely the most surprising. And for me, I'm just really interested to see, are they going to be able to, you know, replicate the same success that they had? I mean, they, you know, they obviously, they made that big coaching improvement last year and that really made a difference for their team. You saw how much better the team played. And I think, you know, when they played the Knicks in the first round last year, I think, for a lot of people, that was a toss up on who was going to win that series. But, you know, then when they went and played the 76ers, I, not very many people were giving them a chance to win that. Like, I think Connor's the only person I can think of besides Hawks fans that picked the Hawks to win that series, and they did. 
So this Hawks team is going to be really interesting. I mean, you know, John Collins just got that, you know, big contract extension and, you know, this, you know, obviously they got Trey Young. Yeah. They pretty much have, you know, all of the same pieces that they had. So, uh, you know, this is a young dynamic team and just what makes them interesting is going to be, you know, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to be able to find a way to take that next step and maybe get to the conference finals or even somehow get to the finals? Are they going to you know, be a second round exit again, or are they going to be, are they going to be worse? You know, I mean, well, no, not second round exit. They made it to the uh, Eastern conference finals, but yeah, are they going to, you know, but are they going to be worse? You know, like kind of like what Zach talked about with the Suns. I mean, this is a team that, you know, while they had great success last year, you know, if it was a fluke, you know, they could go backwards. So I'll be, you know, really curious to see how their season goes. Um, good young core there. And with that being said, uh, Zach is actually going to take the next two teams. So first at number three will be the Chicago Bulls. So the Bulls come in at number three that, you know, if you haven't really been keeping up with the NBA in a while, you might be like, really? Why are the Bulls number three? Um, because they haven't been good for a while. And they're number three for, you know, we. this is one that, you know, once we get to the top five, like all three of us are basically agreeing on these teams. You know, like the we all have the Bulls highly ranked as being an entertaining team to watch. And it's really a combination of, or really, I'll just say, like, they're out of their rebuild mode. Rebuild mode. So they've been in rebuilding mode for a couple of years. And really, after, like, the Jimmy Butler trade, they, they entered a rebuild. And last year, they traded for Vucevic from the Magic. They added him. And then this year in free agency, they went crazy spending money on players. And they added Lonzo Ball to be their point guard. So... You know, this team they, that already had, like, Zach Levine, an all-star type of player, they're going to be really interesting to watch because they're one of these teams that I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, predicting them to have, like, a, be be one of the most improved teams from last year. So, they like, they missed out on the playoffs last year. They didn't even get a chance to play in the play-in games. But this year, I think people are going to have them in the playoffs. Or I don't know if the NBA is doing the playing games again. But um, at the very least, that I think there's lots of a lot more expectations on the Bulls. Um, Vooch will be there now for off season, so he kind of he was a late addition to the team. That they were already when they added him. You know, they were facing an uphill climb to make the playoffs, but. I really want to see how Vooch does on a good team like the Bulls um, with other, I I should say, good players around him. We still don't know if this will be a good team or not, but, you know, Lonzo Ball going to his third team now with the Bulls. I think think while he was good with the Pelicans, he improved himself. I think uh, a fresh start was needed from the Pelicans, and I think the Bulls are, are a good match for him. So... Uh, lots of new additions to this team and should be really fun to watch and really entertaining to see how their season goes. And now let me introduce you to the Clutch Crew Sports number two most interesting team, the Brooklyn Nets. So I've got the Nets here. The Nets were my pick to be the number one most interesting team. You know, they were already interesting with, you know, Kyrie, KD, and Harden. They're coming back. Blake Griffin's coming back. Um, they have all these, you know, major name star players, but they're all kind of weird, you know, (laughs) like they're, they're, they're a bunch of like, you know, KD, like he's always in the news, like he's, he was in the news last year with stuff off the court, Harden at the start of the year, you know, we had the fat Harden stuff, you know, he's got injuries, Kyrie's injured a lot, the flat earth thing, KD was injured a lot. Um, and then Steve Nash was the head coach. So it was like, wow, then look at the nets, you know, and they got upset in the playoffs by the bucks last year, you know, came down to game seven, the end of overtime, like game seven, crazy ending to the net season. 
Um, but what really adds another twist to the Nets to make it interesting this year is the fact that for their home games in their city, uh, they're requiring you know vaccines for the games. So with that being said, Kyrie is not vaccinated still. So because he's not vaccinated, he can't play at Nets home games, which, you know, that's half their games right now he can't play in. And I think there's like some other cities like Golden State, the Knicks, like there's some other venues like Canada um, where you have to be vaccinated to play in. So while it's not the majority of circumstances, it's still it affects the Nets as a team. And he, you know, it'd be one thing, you know, if it was like the 10th man on the team wasn't vaccinated and couldn't play, like that would still be a story because he's missing half the games. But Kyrie's a all-star superstar player. So it's going to be interesting to see if eventually he does get vaccinated or if he doesn't. Like there's still the situ the the rules and the situations are you know with COVID are always being changed and updated. So we really don't know what's going to happen. Like he just now is able to start practicing with the team because it's at a private facility. Um, but it's gonna it's just so weird to me that you're going to have one of your best players can't play at the home games, but he can play on the road games. So are the nets going to be better on the road because of having Kyrie like, and how is it going to work with the team? If he's in and out of the lineup every other game, like if once we see this actually start to take place, it's going to be real interesting to see the home versus road type dynamic with the nets. Cause it's going to be like, you're playing different teams. You're going to have different lineups and everything and it's not because of a guy being injured it's because of a guy being not vaccinated and that being the rule for where he plays at so i mean for that reason that puts the nets over the top for me is the most entertaining interesting team to watch and i'll go ahead and let eric introduce the number one most interesting team the oklahoma city thunder no, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Darius Baisley bulked up, so watch out, NBA. Watch out. The Thunder are coming. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, for me, and I know Connor picked this as well, uh, our choice as the number one most interesting team is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, uh, this seemed like an obvious choice for at least the top two just because, I mean, obviously for starters, you've got, you know, LeBron going into his, like, 19th season or whatever 20 whatever it is like his millionth season you know is is this going to be the year where he starts to decline or is he going to still keep being able to put up the numbers that he you know puts up you know I'm going to be curious to see about that I'm sure he'll still get some triple doubles but but also I mean when you just when you look at all of the moves that this team has made just in this last season alone really even the last two seasons like I've never in either basketball or football, the two main sports that I've watched, like I've never seen a team that's a championship caliber team make so many roster changes. Like it's just like, Zach, have you ever seen this? Like, no, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, and then not only that, like with everybody they brought in, I mean, this is a really old, team i mean i think the average age on the play on this team is like over 30 i mean so that's going to be really interesting to watch too but obviously by far the most interesting thing about the lakers is with the addition of russell westbrook you know how are him and lebron going to coexist together on the court i mean i've seen people on twitter like of course, especially Lakers fans are all excited about it. It's like LeBron James and Russell Westbrook have the most triple doubles combined and whatever, and they're on the same team. It's like, but the thing is, they're both not going to get triple doubles in a game at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, so somebody's going to have to share, you know, is it going to be like, well, they'll let Russ handle the workload one game and then LeBron the next or, you know, how's how's that going to work? I mean, that's just a really interesting dynamic and you saw clashes in Houston when Russ and Harden were together because they both have a similar style. They both like the ball dominate and 
you know, there were some clashes at times. So I'm really curious how this is going to work out with the whole Russell Westbrook and LeBron James thing. I was not expecting that when they made that trade. uh, I remember hearing initially that they were going after Buddy Heald. And while he's not as good of a player as Russ, I felt like that move would have made more sense because one, they wouldn't have to give up as many assets to get him. And then two, I felt like more importantly, he'd be a better fit next to LeBron as a good three point shooter. Cause I, I don't really know how I feel about the shooting on this team. And that's, if you're going to be on a team with LeBron, I mean, that's the main thing you need. Cause you know, he's got that drive to the basket game and when the bucket's not there in the paint, he likes to kick it out, and you need good three-point shooters that can hit those open threes. And I just don't know if the Lakers have that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. I mean, you got the combination of the age, you know, the older age being a factor, and then, you know, there's a little bit of injury-prone. You know, Anthony Davis seems to get hurt a lot, and LeBron over these last couple, he's generally not been injury-prone in his career, but over these last couple, you know, last two, three seasons, he's started to accumulate injuries. And then last year, Russ sat off or sat in a lot of back-to-back games for load management. So it's just, what are the Lakers going to do? You know, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, looking at the talent overall, they could very easily win the championship, but, and I think most people will predict that they will, or at least get to the finals. But at the same time, you know, this is a team that, you know, if they have injuries or setbacks or chemistry problems with Russell and LeBron could be an early exit again. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to do. So um, that's going to round out our top 10 most interesting teams for the NBA season. You know, let us know uh, in the comments below if you agree with our picks, if there's another team you think might have been more interesting that should have been on the list or, you know, just let us know your thoughts. And I guess that's actually going to also wrap up the episode as well. So uh, Zach and Nate, this was fun. Uh, Zach, thank you for letting me host. I had fun uh, taking over the reins this week. It was a good episode, I think. And um, but yeah, so let us know your thoughts on the episode in the comments below. You know, give us a subscribe if you're not already, and hit the bell for notifications. And you can follow us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And uh, we will be back with another episode uh, next week. I'm going to change my role here. So as always, guys, be clutch. See ya. And for Eric, peace.